We, uh, we are in a, a series right now called Encounter, and it's a study of the Lord's Prayer. And I have thoroughly enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, when the series first started, we challenged you to find a place. Hopefully you have a, a daily time with the Lord. But we said not very many people spend like a full hour just listening and reading and contemplating and meditating on God and the things of God. So why don't you once a week during this series for these eight weeks, one time in the week, take an hour and find a place that you go pray and spend time with God. So we ask people to send pics of where they do that. And they've been doing that every week. And we received some more this week. So if you have a pic, it doesn't have to be fancy, but they're going to scroll some of these pictures. Some of these are pretty creative. I think of the horns of the altar. Get a hold of the horns of the altar and don't let go till your prayers come true. Some of these are pretty, pretty wonderful. Uh, new life, you know, that's pretty inspiring, isn't it? You see some of these, these pics and they're really special. I love that one because I love outdoors kinds of stuff. I think that's a great way to contemplate and listen to God. That one means you need to pray. <laughs> that is pretty crazy right there. What a picture. But there's some beautiful ones. They don't have to be this creative or this fancy. It could just be a small place in your room somewhere. But uh, send us a pic. And we would like, I love that one right there. That's a great, that's a great picture. So anyway, send us some pics of where you're praying and how you're praying, it really is a good thing. In the Lord's Prayer, there are different sections. Now, I, I know theologians really break Scripture down into verbs and nouns and structure and really break it down. But I just want to do a simple thing with the Lord's Prayer. When we started the series, it was our Father. That is because the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray. And so he says, basically, okay. And he starts with, our Father. He's identifying who it is he's praying to, and he's using the best, most intimate term possible. That word father is basically heavenly father, which means there could never, ever be an earthly father that could ever even come close to this father. Then he says, our father who art in heaven. It's identifying where father is in heaven, in the heavens. And then last week, Pastor Foth, you heard him, Holy is thy name, hallowed be thy name. All three of these components for the first three weeks of this series have had no petition, no request. It has all been who you are, where you are, and how holy you are. That's a reminder to us when we pray to acknowledge who God is and recognize who you're talking to. Then after that, Jesus makes this transition and he says the first petition of the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth down here as it is in heaven, wherever heaven is. We want to bring that to this place. So it's important for us to remember this is the first petition and it's a very wonderful one because it's saying we want the traits of heaven to be on the earth. So in your outline, follow along on the back of your program there. Number one, what is thy kingdom? What does Jesus have in mind when he actually uses that word, thy kingdom? It basically allows us to really get a glimpse at the kingdom. We need to go all the way back to the beginning. God had something in mind when it says in Genesis, let us make man in our own image. And Adam is created, Eve is created, 
a bunch of stuff is created, and we have this place called the Garden of Eden. That was perfect. That was God's idea. Imagine a place where God said this would be a perfect place for you to live. Think of this. Friendship with God. The Bible says God would come and walk with them in the cool of the day. Intimacy with one another. Healthy sexuality between Adam and Eve. All the food you could ever manage. Abundance. Peace of mind. No shame. No guilt. That's a pretty good place. But we messed it up. (laughs) We messed it up. And we see this picture of the fall of man. But there is this beautiful picture that's created when we think about what's up there possibly coming down here. On August 28, 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. gave a speech. It's a speech called, I Have a Dream. You're inspired by that speech, and you can recall some of the lyrics occasionally. Why? Because many parts of that speech were basically, Thy kingdom come. Make right the wrongs that are on this earth. Bring heaven down here so that we can have this dream come true. That's why we were inspired by, I have a dream, and by that speech. The prayer that Jesus said, thy kingdom come, was this desire of Jesus to bring what he knew about heaven to this horrible place called earth. And there's a big gap between the two. So no wonder he says, our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom. Boy, if if we could bring some of that stuff that's up there, down here, this world would be very different. Now, from a theological viewpoint, let me explain two things. Jesus taught a lot about the kingdom. A lot of commentators will talk about this prayer, meaning the kingdom of God, when Jesus returns. It is true that Jesus is going to physically return to the earth and reign for a thousand years. We know that will happen. But what he's saying here is, that's true. It will physically come to pass that thy kingdom will come. But the second aspect is the kingdom of heaven behaviors, the traits that we can live out here on this earth, we bring the kingdom of heaven as the sons and daughters of God, we bring those attitudes and that heart and that care and that empathy and compassion to the earth because we are alive. Here's the question. Is Fort Collins, is Northern Colorado, is it different because believers are here? And we have aspects of the kingdoms of the kingdom built into our DNA because we've been born again. So suddenly we have kindness other people don't have. We have care, we have concerns, we have prayer, we we are moved by things that not everyone is moved by. I believe that's absolutely true. And I appreciate that about you and the fact that you love God. The second thing in your outline is, is just a question. What changes if in fact his kingdom comes? What would be some of the things that would be different? The more kingdom we can get on the earth, what would it look like? What would it happen? I've actually had a blast this week thinking about this. I was talking to Bonnie about this. I was trying to have this ongoing conversation in my brain. Do you ever talk to yourself and and you try to play two people? Like I was playing two people. I I was playing myself and then I was playing a person who their entire perspective of life was 
in God's perfect kingdom, like they lived in Eden their whole life, you know, with no sin. So the conversation, no matter where you start, it could go something like, oh, yeah, let me, let me borrow your key to that. Or here's, here's a key. And that person would say, what's a key? Well, it, go, it goes on, on a lock. Well, what's a lock? Well, a lock protects things. Why do you need to protect things? How, how many of you know this could go a long ways? This, this, almost every conversation that you would have, if thy kingdom comes, and when thy kingdom comes to this earth, there will be no security cameras anywhere. There's no reason for them. You will not lock your door. There will be no such thing as a lock on your car, on your house. You won't need one. And thank God there will be no more passwords to remember. <laughs> Let thy kingdom come. Amen. How many of you with me on that one? Oh, no more passwords to remember. No fraud. My mom got a call a couple weeks ago from a young man, and she answered her cell phone, and it said, hi, Grandma. And she said, well, hi, who is this? And they said, well, try to guess. And she said, well, it sounds kind of like Floyd. And he said, you guessed it. How are you, Grandma? And my mom said, well, I'm doing great. How are you, Floyd? And they talked a while, and he was all chatty and how much he loves his grandma. And he said, Grandma, could you help me just this one time? I'm in Mexico with a friend. We're in a cab, and we're having a financial need, and I'm next to a bank, and if you could just wire some money to me, I'll pay you back right when I get home. My credit card's not working down here, and I knew I could call my grandma. And my mom said, what is your mother's name, Floyd? She's 83. What, what is your mother's name, Floyd? And he talks some more about the problems and the challenges. And, and she said, excuse me, what is your mother's name? And he said, Mary. <laughs> she said, no, it isn't. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no more fraud. Praise God. Thy kingdom come. No jealousy. No crime. There would be no prisons. There would be no missiles to build. No war, no death, no child abuse, no trafficking. There would be no hospitals. There would be no health care system and no insurance forms to fill out. Praise God. Thy kingdom come. There would be no law enforcement. Sorry to those of you. What would it be like to live without any selfish ambition, no greed on the earth, no lust on the earth, no stealing, no anger, no violence? There is no way that we can fathom. I could go on and on with this, but that is why, hear me carefully, that is why Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, because he knew if the kingdom comes, everything changes. Everything changes. Number three, what does Jesus mean by your will be done? Because that's the second part of this, this thought, thy kingdom come. And he's kind of saying, if your kingdom comes, then your will will be done. But why does he say it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We know that 
this factor is kind of posing a question. If Jesus is saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it's, it's kind of like as opposed to whose will. And that's an important component because that means it could be human will, it could be my will, it could be the will of the evil one on the earth right now, it could be the will of a, a wicked ruler or czar or president or whatever the title is, someone else's will. And someone else's will, other than God's, will never be the will of the kingdom. So Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in this place like it is in that place where you rule. I was putting some, together some thoughts to just ponder about this message. And I wanted to leave quite a bit of time to, to just stroll through these three or four things. And, and these are very practical. So I want you to just kind of go along with me and really think about your own life and how, how compelled you are to say thy kingdom come and to help bring it. The first thing that I know is true is that I can really help bring the kingdom to earth. I, I really can. You really can bring pieces and parts of the kingdom to this earth by how you live, by the decisions you make. As a matter of fact, we saw it today. We saw it by all these volunteers standing on this stage leading us in worship. We saw it, we see it by people running lights and sound and greeting and ushering and people who say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something to help bring the kingdom of God to this earth. I'm gonna show kindness, I'm gonna care. And you guys, when we worship like we did today and we sing these songs and we let our heart rejoice, the kingdom of God is coming to earth. That's what we feel, that's that renewal, that's that refreshment that we wanna have. Jesus talks about you know, giving a cup of cold water in his name, that's kingdom come. That's letting the kingdom come to earth. I must become aware of all the times that I'm not being kingdom oriented. You ever have one of those days? <laughs> you have an argument where you kind of lose it or you have a moment where you, you feel convicted like, I don't know, I lost control there. That was silly. I don't know what I was thinking. If I can capture those things and I can let my attitudes, I can control the discipline in my mind, greed, evil desires, even if they're not super evil, if I can get good at catching that, I can help bring the kingdom of God to this earth. Do you guys remember the movement WWJD? What did that stand for? What would Jesus do? Man, it, it went around the world. Bracelets, chains, and stuff. What, what, was the, what was the point of that? The point of that was this. Thy kingdom come. It was basically saying, in this moment of my day, what would Jesus do with this dilemma? How can I bring kingdom attitude to this dilemma, this challenge, this moment? That was a reminder that we wore and had because it was like, what would Jesus do? Not just what I would do in my flesh. I was uh, driving home from church on a Saturday night a couple weeks ago, and I uh, drove by a corner where there was a man with a sign. We have a, quite a few of those corners uh, around here in Fort Collins, and people are sometimes really legitimately needing help. And regardless of what you think, I always just pray for them. And sometimes I even feel compelled to do something more. But, but this one really captured me. And I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it because he was standing there with the biggest smile on his face ever. 
He just had this big smile, and he's waving like this. It was almost like one of those promotion signs, but it was a cardboard sign with just a black felt-tip pin all colored in. And the sign captured me. His attitude captured me because he was smiling, and I was happy. And the sign said this, testing human kindness. And I wasn't sure what that meant. Is he wanting that kindness to turn into cash? <laughs> you know, or, or just a, a, hey, how you doing? I don't know. But I, I, I wonder sometimes how human kindness does in our world. The second thing under this application is work on who you are before working on what you do. Work on who you really are and who you are becoming before you make a list of things to do to fix all the problems in the world. Sermons like this can go bad because it can sound like we need to do a bunch of stuff in order to bring the kingdom to the earth. And it can put a lot of pressure on you and a lot of guilt on you and it can shame us into getting the list and running out there and making a bunch of stuff happen. Don't let that happen today. What I want to have happen is for us to realize that we are becoming either more like Christ or less like Christ in our lives every day. And our doing should come out of our being. So if I work on who I am becoming, here's, a, here's an example. If I told you that you were going to gain three pounds in this entire year, that's it, three pounds, how many of you would be pretty happy about that? See, just go, wow, <laughs> wow, praise God. But in 10 years, if you did that every year, you might not be as happy. But it's subtle. It's just a little bit. It's just a tiny bit. And that's what becoming is. It's just those little disciplines. It's that little win that no one notices. It's not the big aha, oh my gosh, my life will never be the same ever. It's just a little bite. It's just a little moment. It's just a little discipline. It's just a little capturing of that thought. And suddenly, I am bringing the kingdom of God to this earth because I care about the stuff I wouldn't have cared about before. And I see it differently now. I really, I really like Jesus, and we miss what it says about Jesus in the gospel so many times. Example, he heals a blind man, and the sermon is on healing the blind man. He cleanses a leper, and the sermon is on cleansing the leper. But if you read it and go back to the story, it'll say something like this. Jesus was moved with compassion as he saw the leper. Oh. Next statement. He reached out and touched him and cleansed him. So what happens is there's a true emotional response in who I am that causes an action about what I'm going to do. He was moved. He, he felt compassion. He saw the faith of the blind man. And so he touched him and he was healed. That's powerful. Because suddenly you're having this emotion coming out of Jesus, the Son of God. That's how I'm asking us to respond in this world. Is that we don't just do a list of goody-two-shoe things. We suddenly say, I'm changing. 
I see, I'm weeping over my neighborhood. I've never cried over lost souls before. What is going on in me? I care about this. I care about the injustice in the world. I care about these things that are not fair to mankind. I'm believing God that thy kingdom will come to this earth and I'm gonna do my part. That's what Jesus felt. Don't just fix stuff. Be a person who takes this into your spirit and you go and you be the light and you be the salt. Third thing there, do not make the will of God a spooky thing. I, uh, I really need to say this in this message. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The idea here is that we can listen to God and do the will of God and many of us fret over the will of God way, way, way too much. I'm standing in the grocery store I'm looking for a couple of snacks. Now, I don't eat that many snacks. Bonnie and I eat pretty healthy, but, but every now and then, I know if I don't have a snack, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna explode or something. I'm looking at the double stuffed Oreos, <laughs> which are close to heaven food. I mean, they really are. But I've said this before, kind of my all-time favorite is like milk chocolate-covered almonds. And they're really hard to beat for me. I don't know why. I just, I crave them sometimes. And I'm, so then I, I say, God, what, which is your will for me to purchase today? And he goes silent. It's like he's not answering my prayer. And I say, but I need to know that. Oreos or the chocolate-covered almonds, please tell me your will. Please, God, I don't want to make a mistake. No, I didn't have that battle at all. I just bought both. (laughs) Just kidding. I I don't think we understand the will of God is sometimes much more simple than we think. We complicate it. I'll tell you, I'll illustrate this with a personal story of me and Bonnie that I don't, I don't think I've shared before. I've shared personally with people, but we, in 1980, the end of 1984 into 1985, we were the youth pastors at a church in Denver and loved it. We were there for almost five years. Some great things happened, but some things happened in the church. We knew we just couldn't hang around anymore. So I resigned, not knowing where we were gonna go and just trusting God. And I hadn't had a job offer in a year. I mean, it wasn't like I was in demand somewhere. Well, after I resigned on a Sunday, from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I had four calls of churches and pastors who wanted me to come and be their youth pastor. Four in three days. It was so confusing. When I got the first one, I thought, okay, this makes sense. Lord, I love it. But here was the deal. Four of them, and they were, one was north, one was east, one was south, and one was west. And I literally told Bonnie, God's kind of confused. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he's thinking. If he would have just opened one door, it would have been obvious, right? But there were four, and I struggled. And I remember as a 25-year-old, 24-year-old guy going, man, what should I do about this? How can I make this happen? What, what does this mean? And, and I fretted, and we prayed and prayed, and which one, and we talked on the phone. And finally, in prayer, I just, I, I wrote this down in the journal. I want to read it, exactly what I wrote. I felt like God said something back to me, and I don't mean audibly, but I mean in my spirit, but strong. Go 
wherever you want to go. My blessing is on your life and ministry. I will bless you wherever you choose to go. Just go. Oh, well, that's kind of easy. Last night, someone told me a story about a donkey that was starving, and he was walking down this little road and saw a barn. He walks in the barn, and there's a hay bale on the left side, and there's a hay bale on the right side, and he is so excited. And he stands there, and he starts to go to that one, but this one looked good too. He didn't know if he should go to that one or go to that one. He stood there until he starved to death. (laughs) Sometimes that's what happens when we wait and we pray and we intercede and we fast. Now, I want to say this. There's no doubt in my mind that there are times when God specifically calls us to a specific place for a specific reason. That's happened in my life. I know missionaries that are called to a certain geographical area, and I get that. But most of our decisions, it's not, God, should I buy this car or should I buy this car? Honestly, I don't know. You can pray about that stuff if you want, but I think he's probably going to say, you know, do your homework, pay attention, research it. Oh, God, I'm starting a new business. Please bless it. You know, I've heard this. Please bless it financially because it'll really, it'll really help the kingdom of God if this gets blessed financially. And I think God's up there going, yeah, I really don't need your money. Um, I'd love to bless you. Why don't you live the principles of good business? Why don't you have integrity? Why don't you have the wisdom? Why don't you seek counsel and build a good business? Because I bless that already. My blessing is built in to good godly decisions. I love the uh, Psalm 37.4. You know, it's on mirrors and stuff. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's true and it's a great verse. But so often we kind of remember the he will give me what I want part. And we, we stand on that promise and we claim that. And we make a list and give it to God and say, this is what I want. And, and I, I thought about this the other day. I was looking at this passage. Delight yourself into the Lord. That word delight means to fully plunge into. If there was a metaphor here, it would be of, a, of someone sitting on a dock with their feet in the water. And they're just enjoying the water, kicking around, splashing on a nice day. That compared to someone running down the edge of that dock and going full swan dive into the river. That's plunging in. When you plunge into the Lord, when you give your all and you are submerged by him, your desires become the very things he wants to give you already. Following that? It's important because sometimes if I just want my desires, that's not what this verse is saying. If you delight in the Lord, your desires become the stuff he wants you to have. So my desires change. So I want to remember that. Last thing. Last thing, number four. Um, watch for opportunities to bring the kingdom to earth. I just, I just want you to be aware of them this week. I just want to turn it up a notch to say, can you live this out? Can you pay attention? You know, the cup of cold water thing, the compassion, the care. I like to hike. Bonnie and I like to hike. We've hiked a lot of the trails around here, horse tooth and the uh, we have a lot of foothill hiking over here, and, and many times I have encountered rattlesnakes on, on those trails. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They're really there, and, and I hate them. I hate them. Now, I mean, I love God's creation, but I hate them. 
okay. And oh, they're just they're just creepy looking. And and I I was you know walking and, and one hiss like about right there and it goes up and curls up and tail is going. In. I'm just like oh, <laughs> no, I did I didn't shoot it. Don't. I didn't shoot it. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. Don't write me a letter. That was totally spontaneous. I've not done that in any other services. So I, I, where I hike, they don't let you carry guns. So maybe that's why. But, but so we're walking around the trail. And, and like from that moment on, like every rock I look at looks like the head of a rattlesnake. Every rock. Every root sticking out is like, oh, that's just a root. Oh, that's a sagebrush. Ooh, that looked like a rattlesnake. <laughs> Why? Why am I doing that? Because I saw one. And because I'm looking for one. If I, if I live my life looking for an opportunity to say, thy kingdom come, then I will live my life with intentionality and it won't pass me by. I won't miss it. It will be there. Why? Because God gives us opportunities every day. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done down here like it is up there until you come back physically and make it all happen. I'm gonna do my part. Praise God. Let's pray this prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would you bow your head with me, please? Lord, thank you for your prayer to your Father. Thank you that it's more than something we can just quote, but it's a real prayer with real feelings. We pray it today, especially that part. Thy kingdom come. We need your kingdom, Lord. We need your kingdom on this earth. Help us to be kingdom people, filled with faith. Help us encourage and strengthen others. God, I pray for my family, my brothers and sisters here today in this living room as we call it that we will make a difference in Northern Colorado, that because we are here, things will not be the same because we are part of that kingdom. I wonder with heads bowed, if you're trying to make a decision about the will of God and you need clarity, I would never make light of that. I wanna pray over you that you'll have that clarity. How many of you are in a decision-making mode right now? Just raise up your hand. You need God's plan, okay? I wanna pray with you. Lord, I thank you that you do have a plan. And I thank you for seekers of your will. I thank you for people who are mindful to say, Lord, shut this door if it's not meant to be. Open this door if it's meant to be. Give me all the pieces to make a good decision.
Help me to seek the counsel of those that I should seek and to trust you in the decisions that I'm about to make. And most of all, let me bring your kingdom with my attitude and my heart and my spirit and all that I give myself to. Father, if people are in this room right now that don't know you personally, I just pray your kingdom will touch their heart, that you will knock on their heart, that they will know you are a God who loves them and believes in them and created them for great purpose. If that's you today and you're separated from God, just right now where you are, just say, Lord, cleanse me. I need you and I want you and I want your kingdom. For the glory of God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.